Hello and welcome to BakaCast for the second week of the summer 2017 anime season. I am your host Dustin and with me today is Ben. Yo. Larry. Howdy, 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 howdy. And Aaron's actually going to stick with us for a while because he watched some shows this time. More like you did the list so that I can't leave. It's true, <laughs> yeah. Don't I roll are- with an iron fist, Aaron. This is the one time I can push you around. Um, I was going to say, Aaron, does your you arm feel like it's I being twisted now, right? I mean, theoretically, should, yes, yeah. but I know you're going to want to stick around to talk about some of this stuff. So... Show notes. Yeah. So show notes can be found at www.projectharuhi.net or at www.audioentropy.com. And we're going to start off with My Hero Academy, episode 27, where we finally meet Gran Torino. Well, I guess we met him the previous episode, but we didn't really interact with him much. Who pretends to be senile. He's kind of kind of a Yoda kind of guy. And then Yogurt. he proceeds to... yeah. And then he proceeds to kick uh, Deku's ass, basically. Yeah. I, this episode lo- left me at a loss for words. Because it set up a whole bunch of stuff, but it hasn't quite finished it all yet. Yeah, it was largely a, uh episode where... It was largely focused on Deku, um, sort of training with Gran Torino and figuring out how to approach um, the one for all power and how kind of how to think about it, which I really enjoyed. Um, but then also there were uh, some cutaways to brief scenes to check in on how the other heroes were doing with their internships. Uh, and I especially loved the one with uh, ultimate genist or whatever, the dude who has the pair of genes as his quirk. Best, best genist. Yes, best genus just like, uh, just putting, uh, is it Bakugo yes. like completely under his thumb? It it was so good. Yes. <clears throat> but yeah, like best genus is genus has him like all tied up and helpless, and he's like, you have all the power to be a hero, but none of the discipline, and I'm gonna beat that into you. <laughs> it's like yes. <laughs> Yeah, um, th- uh, that's the one I'm waiting for to see what happens. Oh yeah, it'll be really fascinating to see what happens if Bakugo actually becomes a proper like gets like a proper hero attitude. Uh, it could be dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> it's a uh, yeah the uh, the process is still ongoing. It's a, it's <laughs> I a would it's a slow burn. But there are definite payoffs. But yeah, there there wasn't any re- any real resolution of plot lines um, in this episode, but there was plenty of uh, really good sort of character moments and a lot of funny gags that I appreciated. Uh, so I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'll well, give it the, a five. Yes. Yeah, the only thing is the hero killer met Mr. Hand in his face, and that was an interesting conversation too. Oh yes. Oh yeah. He met the big bad of My Hero Academy. Yeah. Who wants him to kill everything that isn't nailed down? And he's like, "That's not the honorable thing to do." But anyway, yeah, I give it a five. Five. Yes. Yeah. That's a. Uh, yeah. The big bad is Shigaraki. 
Yeah. He's a, he's a real good villain. Um, moving on to Rage of Bahamut Virgin Soul, episode 14, uh, where, let's see, I believe what happened in this episode, oh right, they had the uh, Dragon Village. Yeah. Um, that, that took up the most of the time. That, we... Again, pretty much any time when uh, uh, John and uh, Nina are interacting uh, is real good, especially when they were like in the hot spring together in one of the only hot spring scenes in anime I've actually really liked. Yep. <laughs> Even though when the kids dive bombed them, they were good. <clears throat> Oh yeah, that was real funny because they're having like this heart, and it wasn't even about them. Oh no, we're naked in front of children. It was just like they're having this touching heart-to-heart conversation, and then suddenly they're interrupted rudely by a bunch of children dive bombing them. <laughs> like that was the joke, not the nudity. Yeah, well that's yeah. A, the, yeah. Well they the uh, they used very clever they used very clever framing to uh, you know to avoid playing up the you know playing up the sexualization. Yeah, yeah, I, I really enjoyed their conversation about like Jean's feelings toward um, uh, Kaiser and Nina, kind of like teasing her about it. Uh, it was really good. Well, well, and then sort of John repaying that by uh, ask, asking the same probing questions of Nina, and, and Nina almost saying she was in love with the king. Yeah, which uh, that would have been awkward. The touching scene for me was when John and Nina's mom were talking and John realized that she killed Nina's dad. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And she tried to apologize to her mother and her mother's like, don't worry about it. Things happen. Wasn't you anything you could do about it? Yeah. Back back when she was corrupted. Um, I also super, like, honestly, the most touching moment for me was when kaiser's like friend and colleague in the nights like one of the only people he can still trust like came to him in his cell and like was basically giving him a talk about like hey don't give up kaiser like you're gonna come back from this we're gonna get through this and then you're you and john are gonna lead us again and like we'll get back to our former glory and the conversation they had was really emotional and I was surprised by how much it affected me. It was uh, a really good talk that they had. Um, and yeah, like this, this whole uh, this whole episode was just some extremely good character interactions, setting up sort of like solidifying what their relationships to each other are, uh, what their goals and motivations and internal conflicts are. There wasn't a whole lot of actual like external conflict in here um it was all about setting up what the events of the previous episodes meant to the main characters well um this is basically a breather episode but this is how you do a breather episode right yeah there was zero filler in here and of course the the question is still where did favro end up oh yeah i like how that dude just keeps getting lost (laughs) Yeah, well, I'd like to know where he is this time, too. I mean, I'm sure Kaiser would, but yeah, it'd be interesting to find out where Fabro is. Uh, Five? Yeah, absolutely. Also, before we step away from this, 
uh, Virgin Soul now has both a new opening and a new ending, and both of them are extremely good. (laughs) I really like the new opening. The song's pretty good. The actual opening animation is really good. Uh, And the ending one is even more charming than the previous one was, with everyone, like, at a nightclub dancing. basically all right well looks like i'm gonna ha- looks like i'm gonna have to take three minutes out of my life and well, watch them this no, time actually no it's actually the uh the thing about the ending the what the ending is doing is they're playing out cinderella yeah yeah it's like cinderella in a nightclub floating in space under a glass dome uh <laughs> and the scene with like favro and kaiser dancing together with nina kind of looking at them like what the hell are you doing is real good <laughs> Sorry, Rita, not Nina. Okay, uh, uh, sounds like yeah. I gotta watch this, yeah. It's a, it's a super good ending. Uh, but I, I now have something to do while you guys continue. Yeah, I mean, well, the thing is, I like the old opening just fine. You know, the new opening is good, but different for me. Yeah, I, I, I vastly prefer the old opening. The, the new opening, sorry, but yeah. Uh, anyway... Let's move on to uh, Kakegurui, episode two. Um, so, watching this ep- second episode, I'm still kind of of mixed feelings about this show. Because on the one hand, it's kind of like, what if the Ghost Rider was a horny gambler instead of a like fire angel biker? Because essentially what the main, especially what, because like what the female lead is doing, I can't remember her name right now. Her name is you. But essentially. Her name is Yumeko. Yeah, but essentially what she's doing is uh, bringing like uh, extreme and one could probably argue just punishment to all the complete assholes in the school (laughs) Uh, through, through the medium of gambling and being horny about said gambling. Um, so, on the one hand, that premise is, like, actually pretty good. Um, but on the other hand, that high concept is kind of all there is to it. Um, because the actual gambling, aside from the flashiness, at least so far, hasn't been super exciting to me. Like... Both of the previous gambling things have been resolved by the female lead just going like, yeah, I'm just good. <laughs> <coughs> so on the one hand, it's a actually it's actually a premise I super dig now that I think more about it, but the execution leaves a lot to be desired in, in terms of like the actual meat uh, on this show. Well, yeah, in terms of meat, you know, in terms of, like, like thematic depth, yeah, the show has not got that. Yeah, well, it's complete, it's a, it's a complete cotton candy show. But the thing about, the thing about Kakagori for me is that it's just fun watching this girl, watching this absolutely insane girl take down all these douchebags. <laughs> who also happen to be rather insane. Yes, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. Except Yumeko out crazies them all. 
And yeah. it's, I mean, and in, in like, you know, and the, I think the appeal of it is you're watching this character, you know, take down, you know, take down these people who totally deserve it and have fun doing it. And like that sense of fun that she's having is it like, I really, it, it's infectious. It just like, yeah, she's having fun and I'm having fun watching her. Yeah, which is why I can see why this show would be appealing. Um, it's just, I don't know, it, it's just not the kind of style that really works for me. <clears throat> but, like, there, there, I can absolutely see the appeal of it um, watching the second episode. Because uh, it's very much a sort of cathartic, eat-the-rich kind of show. <laughs> uh but yeah, it's it's just uh, there's just not enough like depth for me. Yeah, there, like, there's there's no depth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like like even in terms of like character dynamics, because like you look at Keijo, like there's not much depth there. Um, but like there's at least some like really fun character dynamics to work with. Whereas like in in Kakegurui, it's kind of just the lead character. And granted, she's pretty good. But also, she's the only one that's particularly interesting. It does... Like, the male lead is still in that kind of super dull, oh no, I have to protect her, sort of state. She does get more companions, I guess you're saying, shortly, like, but... Um... Followers? Disciples, perhaps? <laughs> yeah, kinda. Um, but for the most part, it, it's definitely absolutely focused on her and the the, yeah. the main male does get some development but it's yumiko definitely steals the show yeah also also it may just be that i also it may just be that like i'm i like the tropes that a show like keijo goes for um just more than the tropes that uh kakegurui goes for well also the uh, um, the student council the uh, the the like you know, because like what Yumeko does, <clears throat> what that does is that has that has a, uh, a a big effect on the dynamics of the student council going forward. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Also, crazy faces. I cannot get enough crazy faces. And yeah, that's that that's <laughs> clearly the main appeal for Aaron here. And and there are lots <laughs> of very good crazy faces. I mean, aside from the sort of implicit lesbianism, I guess. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah the the opening the opening <laughs> the opening lays it all out there. Yeah, I'm kind of of like two minds about that because it's like on the one hand, all right, like if you want to go for that, like cool. But on the other hand, it honestly seems like kind of otaku pandering at this point that's mostly there for just fan service there's really only uh, one yuri couple and it's arguably one-sided yeah so like yeah i i can't really even give him credit for that because they're it that's clearly just to play up her craziness and it's not it doesn't actually mean anything well no it, it has they're, nothing they're to do with using her. it they're literally just using it for shock value. <laughs> well, you, we haven't gotten to it yet, 
believe it or not. Yeah, but I'm talking about, like, the stuff in the opening scene. Oh. Like, the opening credits and, like, the ending and, like, how she gets super up in on the personal space of the uh, other female gamblers. Like, it's all just for titillation. Like, none of it is actually serious. And it, it kind of pisses me off a little, so... Well... Uh, well, the thing about... Okay, the thing about the relationships of this show is that none of them are based upon, like... Uh, like, none of them are relationships based upon love and equality. They're all sexually charged dominance games. Um, among basically being played by complete psychopaths. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think yeah, the only character I, in the may- entire series that's reasonably sane is the guy. Maybe maybe I'm just harsher on it because of a thing that happened in another show that we will get to soon uh, that treads on similar trope grounds. Uh, Fate Apocrypha, cough. Um, but yeah, that, that kind of use of um, lesbian imagery always kind of irks me. Like... It, it's a fairly minor complaint in the grand scheme of things, but like it ain't it ain't helping me like the show. Let's put it that way. Um, but anyway, like I'm I'm probably gonna drop it just because like there's not really much for me there, and I don't wanna I don't wanna be down on it like I would for a show I think is genuinely bad. There, um, there's it's also just, it's just not for me. There's also not a lot of stuff to talk about with it. Yeah, it's kind of just like, oh yeah, this happened, and she beat it, I guess, and also crazy faces. Yeah, there's not much to talk about, really. <laughs> there's very little to analyze. Yeah, kind of like with Ben and I when we were talking about Onihei. Like, that was a fun show, but, like, not much depth, really. Like, there's some, there was occasionally some good character moments, but, yeah, it's just not a lot of meat on them bones. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I'll I'll give it a three. I'm gonna give it a four. Same four. All right, uh, let's move on to Katsugeki Token Ranbu, episode two. Um, where I was kind of hoping for a little bit more, I guess. Yeah, I I didn't like this episode, and it I'm really thinking about dropping it because it's just not interesting, and I really don't like the characters. The characters are kind of fine to me, like... They're just... Um, they, they feel like stereotypes. I mean, yeah, they, they very clearly are kind of uh, uh, Bishonen stereotypes um, for a, a, for the most part. Um, there are a couple that I kind of like, but yeah, I can, I can totally see how they just kind of come off as dull. Um, Ultimately, like, this is a show I really want to love. Um, There's just not a whole lot going on, especially in this particular episode. I'm probably going to give it one or two more, uh, just to see if it picks up. Um, But yeah, this episode was a little little too slow. There was a little too too much, like, meandering and exposition that, honestly, like, I kind of zoned out a few times while I was watching. Well, also the characters are stupid, which annoys me greatly. Yeah, that yeah, the thing that bothers me is that like okay, so you have okay, so you're trying to you're trying to protect history 
you know, you're, you know, you're trying to protect the timeline from being, uh, you know, from being altered by these whatevers. Uh, yeah, you know, the retrograde time army or whatever the hell. Yeah. So okay. So you think that you'd like the people that you send back? You'd think that you'd arm them with more historical knowledge. Yeah, like have what would be kind of cool is if like these guys were like geniuses in specific eras of time or something like they were in addition to being good fighters they also like had specializations in various historical knowledge and talent so that way they could adapt to whatever time period they're in and kind of like be able to improvise when necessary oh it's not no, only it's, um, instead we get google fox yeah, and it's yeah. not only that. It's like, okay, in fact, the, like, like the Sword Boys, like, three of the Sword Boys are, in fact, from this exact historical era. And, and yeah, they don't... So and it's they, not even like they're from the future. No, yeah, because, like, because, like, for instance, like, the dude with the pistol, the dude with the pistol, the dude with the gun is actually, is the sword of, uh, Ryoma Sakamoto, who was, in fact... Like he had, he in fact lived and died in this exact historical time period. He was like yeah, he, it's like a it's like a more dull fate stay night. <laughs> uh, same same yeah same same for like the uh, the the like the partners, uh, like the the leader and his like a rookie sidekick. I mean, they were actually they were the swords belonging to uh uh, uh Hijikata. Who was the uh, the second in command of the Shinsengumi? Yeah, which, like once again, a a figure from this exact point in history. In fact, the Shinsengumi yeah. got their start in this exact year, like in 1863 is when the Shinsengumi got their start, and also it, it all... when uh, Ryoma Sakamoto was active. <laughs> it all it all seems to be in favor of like this. <clears throat> This premise they have of they want the they want the pretty boys to also literally be incarnations of famous weapons, but like the problem with that is what is what does that actually do? What like what does that actually inform about their characters? Is it even important that they're incarnations of weapons in this scenario? It all kind of just seems like pointless fluff that restricts them rather than makes the show more interesting. Because, like, you can't... Because, like, it's kind of hard to do them from the future if you're doing with this, like, whole weapon idea. Because, like, there aren't a whole lot of famous named guns, let's say. <laughs> uh, it's like, I'm a, I'm an AK-47. Oh, one of, like, five billion AK-47s we've made. <laughs> Side note, it's the same reason that most servants are from the past and not from the future. Is because yeah, we've exactly. to a point where it's... There's no... Like personal, we weapon. just mass produce them. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Again, like it's it's a it's a premise that doesn't really do anything positive for the show, and instead just actually detracts from like the variety they could work with. Yeah, it's it's a real weird choice. Let's say. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think a lot of part of this, right, comes from the fact that 
I mean, this was originally a like a phone game, and you yeah. know, you know, I mean, a phone game is not expect not to, you know, it's not expected to have that much depth. Yeah, but <laughs> no, so was, but uh, also that's no excuse because no. Rage of Bahamut exists now. Yeah, yeah, like, but yeah, so like, yeah. so the problem is, is that. Uh, Ufotable is not, like, doing enough to make this rise above its origins. Yeah, no, like, if if this was, like, an adaptation coming out of some, like, sort of rinky-dink, oh yeah, well, like, like, a budget adaptation studio that just does whatever, like, like most of these phone game adaptations go to, then it's like, okay, yeah, of course, that's what I expect. I expect it to be, like, a minimal effort. But if you're going to get UFO Table to do this and to spend a lot of budget on making it look like the sickest stuff in the universe, like, put some friggin' effort into making the story interesting, at least. <laughs> yeah, I still don't understand how how they're doing this instead of Fate Apocrypha. Like, how yeah. did this occur? Yeah, I mean, like, at least at least we've got a pretty solid studio working on Fate Apocrypha. Like that—that's that's sort of the the silver lining of UFO table not working on it is that like we've we've still got a pretty solid replacement doing that. Well, but yeah, it's it's kind of baffling. Well, I wouldn't say a solid studio, but a solid team, I think. Because okay, yeah. the thing about A One Pictures is that they really don't have much identity. As okay, yeah, they don't really have an identity, but like, yeah, the team that's working on it is is really solid, and they're doing a good job so far. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna give this a two. I'm gonna give it a three. Yeah, I'm gonna oh. give it a two, and I think I'll watch one more episode, but I'm probably gonna drop it, which is really sad yeah. because it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably give it one or two more as well. Uh, let's move on to Knights and Magic episode two, which I did not get around to. But um, uh, who did watch this one? I saw it. I did. Uh, so I'm just going to skip over my normal rambling about how the source material is better because it's just much better. <laughs> um, well, thank you very much. So, yeah, I've, I've got nothing to say on this episode. Yeah, so in this episode, in this episode, our hero finally gets into a mech and kicks ass. Steals a mech. Let's, let's, let's get that he steals a mech. He right. Didn't steal it. The previous owner was unconscious. <laughs> the fact that he knocked him unconscious is irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. and immaterial, Your Honor. I I rest my case. Yeah, like right. So like, <clears throat> so they're being, you know, so like the high school students. So the high school students are being attacked by this, uh, by this giant monster. And uh, one of the one of the like high school like mech pilots uh, basically he runs away from the battle, seeing after seeing that like he can't beat the monster, and so uh, our hero catches him and uh, knocks him out and takes his mech. Although he leaves yeah. him, he leaves him inside the mech because actually well, kick, kicking he, him out he of the didn't mech. Didn't want to leave him out there to get eaten. Yes, because. Uh, yeah, this monster seems to have an insatiable appetite for right. Yeah, so he takes, so he, you know, so he uh, he uh, pilots the mech, and he wins. 
Although, like, the battle, like, the battle of, like, the mechs versus the monster, pretty well done. Yeah, I... it was. Uh, and he, he wins in a most unorthodox style. He, he managed to make the mech do things that everybody's going, wait a minute, these can't do that. They can't now. Right. Yeah, because uh, like he can't use the stand, he can't use the regular controls because he's too short. So he has to like uh, rejigger. He has to rejigger the controls. <clears throat> Improvised. You know. Oh, this episode did have one of my favorite, like four frames in an episode in a long time. Yes. Oh, is that the video of like the banging gong? Yes. Yes. Oh yeah, that was such awkward animation. It's like it's nice like, recycling, bro. <laughs> it's like really, guys. That's like five frames of animation there. Yeah, his arm is just like. Yeah, he should he should throw footballs with that arm. He'd be an amazing quarterback. He's got some snap on that thing. <laughs> like the hammer exists in only three places. Oh, it's yeah, it's so funny. Which is weird, because the animation in the rest of the episode was great. So I don't, I don't know what happened there. Oh, yes. I'm glad that. we got I that re- on. Uh. I, I remember that scene now, yes. Uh. <clears throat> yeah, so, right. So the, uh, so most of the, uh, most of the episode was the mech battles. Which were fine. I... And I, I still enjoy the main character's attitude and personality. He's like, he's like, oh, I'm in a mech. This is awesome. You know. And I said, but like, and then at the end, well, and at the end, he's going, okay, now I got to build my own. Yeah. Anyway, and the king's like. Uh, well, the the thing is, when the king found out about all this, he says, wow, somebody this powerful, this could be trouble. That's the other thing that's kind of stewing in the background. It's like, you know, somebody uh, that young, that powerful, well, wait a minute, does he want to be king too? Oops. Uh, I give it a five. Oh, not only that, but he's actually the grandson of the, um, the leader of the school. So he's oh. got a decent pedigree as well. Yeah. Definitely king-making material. The one thing that I do hate, I did hate about the, the mech battles is they did it at night. Which is really annoying. <clears throat> yeah, it, there was a whole lot of no contrast and a lot of mud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'll, be, I, I'll go that one with you. Anyway, I'll give the episode a four. Well, like I said, I, I gave it a five. So I'll give it a, a four. Assuming I didn't watch the manga or read the source or anything. But after that, it gets a two. Just because I don't like how they adapted it. <laughs> well, honesty is honesty. Yeah, that's, that's All right. One. Let's talk about uh, Fate Apocrypha, episode two. Um which I'll go ahead and start with the thing I uh, that I most didn't like, 
which was like the super weird like lesbian bondage d- dungeon sequence <clears throat> yeah that uh, was weird served no purpose and i i do like the servant's response to it she's like are you, are you done yet are, you, are, are we done yeah can I, it was can i leave and she just, just breaks like, out oh, of hey. the restraints yeah, so it's like, oh, hey, here's a gay character in the Fate Stay Night universe. Oh, they're super creepy. Cool. Thanks, Fate. Um, yeah, it was it was kind of out, out of left field and pretty bad. Uh, but yo, Mordred is the best. <laughs> <laughs> Mordred is a good character. Holy cow. Like, Mordred, despite being, like, kind of a villain, like, because, I mean they're mordred uh they're also like super entertaining and like honestly kind of sympathetic <laughs> i mean they're cert they certainly i certainly care about mordred's conflict a hell of a lot more than i do about basically anyone else's in this show because the rest of them seem either like either like super dull or kind of stuck up jerks <laughs> <clears throat> well, so, we like, haven't the team... seen the, the other masters on the uh, black or red side. That's true. Um, we've really only seen uh, uh, Shiro's, whose his is Caster, is it? Assassin. No. All ca- oh, right, Assassin. Right, Caster is Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Caster is Shakespeare, which is great. <laughs> which, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, let's do it. Fine. <laughs> ca- yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like, um, if you were gonna assign him a class, it would definitely be Caster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like uh, I like how they I like the the way they assign classes to these historical mythical figures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that you can summon Shakespeare. Wouldn't that be like the most disappointing thing? Like you're you do your servant summoning, and you're like, oh man, I wonder which badass I'm gonna get this time. And Shakespeare pops up, and you're like. I mean, you were super important to like English literature, but <laughs> did you, you like, even do you like do you even know what a fireball is, bro? <laughs> can you cast magic? <laughs> yeah, do like do you do anything <clears throat> other than write? Like I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love that Shakespeare exists here. Uh, but yeah, like most of it, honestly, it seems like the servants on the black side are generally probably better people than the people controlling them. Uh, especially in the case of poor Siegfried, who just has the biggest jerk in the world as his master. Well, he's not a big jerk. I okay. He's I mean, I guess selfish, but I don't think he's that big of a jerk. Yeah, I guess in the context of the Fate series, like, he's really not that much of a jerk. I mean, Fate is a series where you've had a literal serial killer on uh, summoning a dude. But... And now you will have one again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, there's another oh, one. Oh, right, that's, that's okay, I, I cor- let me correct myself. The lesbian sequence was not the one that pissed me off the most about this sh- this episode. Uh, the weird gender swapping of Jack the Ripper into a tiny lolly is the thing that pissed me <laughs> off the most about this episode. Because, like, I get that fate takes a lot of liberties with certain historical figures. Um, but if you're going to take a historical figure 
who's not even like a mythological character, whose whole deal is that he perpetrated one of the greatest crimes against like disenfranchised women in history. Like he he was a he was a serial killer who specifically targeted female prostitutes. You're gonna have to you're walking on real thin ice, first of all, making them a character in your show in the first place. And second of all, gender swapping him into a cute lolly. Like that's It's gap mode, Dustin. That is a bridge too far. That's honestly kind of offensive. Yeah. Um, Black Butler. No, Black Butler had a female Jack the Ripper. Yeah, and I kind of get pissed off every time <laughs> that happens. <laughs> I, like, I mean, I I have no problem with that at all because, like, that that's kind of the whole thing with Fate State or Fate series is that it tends to gender swap and alter the characters greatly. Well, here's the thing. Also, as far as Jack let, the Ripper me... goes, I don't think there's ever been confirmed that it was a he. Like, they, they he hasn't been caught. Yeah, okay. I mean, so yeah, saying on the is... one hand, on the one hand, that's true, but on the other hand, they were a serial killer who, again, specifically tar- targeted female prostitutes, so... It could have just um, been a woman in... who was jealous. Uh-huh, sure. Uh... Yeah, that, that was how Black Butler got away with it. I mean... Yeah, she had her reasons, but and they were crazy, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and in this one, like, oh, they even gender swapped it to, oh, now Jack the Ripper is killing men, apparently. Huh? Um, I don't. At least I thought what the bodies they showed were exclusively men. I could have been wrong, but like, so here's the thing. It to me, and okay, sorry. I'm I apologize. I'm gonna Godwin the podcast. Um. But it's kind of like casting Hitler as a super hot lady with a big rack, uh, who kind of just uh, likes genocide in general. It kind of like it strips that context completely out of what makes them a villain and kind of glamorizes them a bit. And yeah, it's just kind of gross to me, like. I can kind of get if people don't care about it as much as I do, but I don't know. To, to me, it's just sort of glamorizing that type of like actual historical figure in a way that I find distasteful. Um, so that kind of pissed me off, and I really hope Jack the Ripper doesn't last very long. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, other than that, though, I super enjoyed this episode. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I know it's kind of a weird it sounds like I hated the episode but I actually enjoyed it a lot um, and most of that was Mordred and uh, her master because her master is super awesome uh, also from what Mordred has said about Arthur it kind of sounds like because I know there's a universe in, Fate st- in the Fate universe where Arthur was actually a guy. So I know that that Arthur does exist. Well, no. Um, it, it does? Wait, in, what? in the Fate universe, Arthur is Arturia. She was always okay. female. Across all timelines yes. of Fate? Okay. 
So then why 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 in the Fate Grand Order games is there a male Arthur? Uh because the, <laughs> because fate gender swaps freely? I, I okay. So so basically when so basically more does Mordred then just not know that her dad was actually uh female and sort of pretending to be male? I believe she does find out, yes. Oh, okay, but she doesn't know now. Well, actually, she uh, it, that... actually the thing about this is, I mean, in this episode, Mordred specifically refuses to identify as female. That oh yeah, that's right yeah because yeah I wasn't sh- yeah I wasn't sure if because I'm trying to remember if okay uh, also the the Arthur Pendragon the... in Grand Order is pulled from the prototype. Oh, okay. So that's All right. right. Okay, so different different thing entirely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that that is definitely something I noticed, Ben. Um and I was I was wondering about that too whether or not uh Mordred simply objected to the word woman or to the gender assignment itself. Uh... Um it was a little ambiguous. I believe Because like they still definitely presented as a woman. Yeah, I I just I think it's part of the um that if she's a woman, she therefore can't be the king. That sort of thing. Okay. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so that that kind of gets into murky territory of like is that really like the gender identity she chooses or is it the one she feels like she has to choose but doesn't actually identify with it's yeah it's you're overthinking it yeah i am like there's no way that anyone put anyone who actually wrote this put that much thought into it yeah because let's be honest like this is mainstream this is a mainstream show in like anime like the probably the only show that has ever put any thought into that sort of thing is Wandering Sun because it's literally about that and possibly Gotcha Man <laughs> because of Rui. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I am almost certainly thinking way more about this than the creators did. <clears throat> Shout out to Chivalry of a Failed Knight. Actually had a trans character. Oh, oh yeah. wait, seriously? Yes. Yeah. Huh. I had no idea. Of course, I didn't... Oh, that show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that thing that looked like it was just one of those, like, harem pandering shows. Which is very surprising because it's the exact opposite. Huh. Yeah, I I totally did not get that impression from any of the promo art. Yeah, because, uh, uh, right, you think, like... Because it came out in the same season as the Asterisk War, which really was just... You know, <clears throat> you're pretty standard like magic battle high school harem crap. But yeah, they even they even had extremely similarly designed posters. <laughs> yeah, like right, and you know they're both both white novel adaptation. They came out, you know, and they aired on the exact same day. Uh, yeah, so you kind of just expect the worst, right? But no, Shimmer Rafael Knight actually executed everything just an order of magnitude better. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, like, anyway, uh, yeah. uh, okay. Sorry. My, yeah. my connection got real bad for a second there. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's <laughs> shocking to hear. Maybe I should check out a couple episodes of that. Oh, well, um, it's, it's not great, but, oh, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it does. Whoa. It, it has some pandering, it has some pandering aspects to it, but <laughs> it does some, it does, it does a lot of things right. Yeah, I, I like, I do kind of want to at least try to support shows that, you know, give, like, at least try and address uh, uh, gender sort of nonconformity. Yeah, my advice with that, um, give it four episodes. At least. Right. But anyway... So, yeah, Fate, Fate Apocrypha, it's a real fun show that I have some very particular problems with that I'm sure not everyone will necessarily share. Uh, yeah, I see where you're coming from with that, but it, yeah, it didn't outweigh, yeah, it didn't outweigh what I thought were pretty good, were, were uh, good aspects to it. So, uh, I'm going to give the episode a four. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of, partly brought it up just because, like, I I knew that some people like wouldn't mind, but uh, I know there are people like um, who want, who listen to this stuff that I I think probably would um, be bothered by it as well. So I kind of just wanted to give them a heads up too that that happens <laughs> uh but yeah like i i i am not gonna place any judgment on people who don't care or who care a lot or who only care a little bit like you know that's that's your call uh it ain't my place i i do like how frankenstein is kind of sundere i do like frankenstein yeah i like <laughs> frankenstein a lot i wish her master was not totally lame uh yeah he's at least waver was like a really fun lame this dude is just super generic lame well to be fair he's only been in like two scenes so far yeah that's true he's barely gotten any screen time because we have to go through like 20 different characters in a single episode yeah Yeah. you you thought the uh seven servants and seven masters in fate zero were a lot now we've got 15 well 14 and 14 Oh, which reminds me, I did kind of like the scene, uh, even though I kind of don't care about any of the the black team, I did kind of like the scene where, I believe it's, no, it's not Siegfried, um, it's the dude who's, who's like technically a centaur, but is currently in human form, Charon. where he's asking, yeah, he's, he's asking his female master, like, so you know, like, whichever team wins they then have to fight each other to see who gets like the grail reward and he's asking his master like hey so are you cool with like beating up your brother and she's like oh yeah i'm totally better than him yeah (laughs) yeah yeah there won't be an issue don't worry about it yeah she's like yeah totally (laughs) which i thought was actually pretty good (laughs) i also like the fact that the she's in a wheelchair uh, because of the magic circuits in her leg are screwed up, and she yeah. summoned a centaur. Yeah, it's yeah, but like she can't ride the centaur because the centaur is currently in human form. So it's like, 
why summon a centaur if he's just gonna be a dude the whole time <laughs> i can just imagine just make like, him be a set just make him be a centaur and ride him constantly yeah i can just imagine like the four coma for that yeah he can't complain he's your servant yeah well, the, the, okay, the thing about the master-servant dynamics is really, it's always been interesting about fate, is that, you know, even though, like, theoretically, a master can command their servant, if they get, if they, you know, if they misuse their power, you know, if they misuse their, like, right to command, they have to burn command, oh, yeah. they have to burn command seals, of which they only have three. That's true. That is what happened in Fate's Day Night with Caster, which was one of my favorite, like, backstories in that series. Um, yeah, where, like, she turned on her original master because her original master was a, like, horrible monster. <laughs> yeah, so that was real. Yeah, you're right. That, I don't know. I I feel yeah. like that dude would not be I I feel like that dude would not really mind much being ridden, but yeah, like he said. Now I'm just making a dojin. Yeah, so I should probably just move on. Um, and then there was another scene. Oh, uh, when it has uh the uh the uh red team's berserker <laughs> going through the forest, and it just shows like this guy hunting. Oh yeah, he's like, all right, like, wind up the shot with the deer, and then <laughs> and the deer moves off. He's like, ah, damn it! And then he turns around, and there's this giant dude behind him. Yeah, like with like who, who almost looks like he's wearing like gimp gear. Yeah. And, and he's just like, like looks at him and then moves on. Yeah, it's like, yeah, and the hunter is like, oh god, that I I'm actually alive still. <laughs> It's like that that dude clearly pissed himself. Uh, and I do not blame him. I really like that scene. Yeah, it's really funny. Spartacus so, yeah, is like, just for... like, he? Are you an enemy? No? Don't care. Yeah, Spart- yeah Spartacus has some stuff going on. Uh, yeah, so like, yeah, I feel like that's a good summation of how we feel about the show, particularly how I feel about the show. Is like, yeah, I have my serious issues with it, but it's still real fun. Like, I'm absolutely going to continue watching it. It is one of the shows I most look forward to each week. Yes. Also, it was real good. They they didn't quite explain it, but they did a good job showing it of Mordred's fighting style, which is kind of unorthodox in that she'll do whatever it takes to win even throwing her sword away yeah i love that where she just <laughs> that fight scene with mordred and the golems was just fantastic i do love that she ends it by just picking up one of the golems and tossing it into another one yeah uh i i love that scene so much that like uh, i've decided that uh, from now on, in Fate Grand Order, I'm just gonna save all of my like quartz to to wait until we get the Mordred banner. <laughs> I'm just gonna pull hard for Mordred. Yeah, good luck with that. I hope you have yeah, my luck. Yeah, it's I, I'm sure I'll I'll get her with the one percent chance of pulling a five star, and even then, there's a fifty percent chance I'll just get a friggin' craft essence. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Gotcha, Anyway, uh, also <laughs> with the necromancer's fighting style, 
the gun that he was using is basically a focus for his magic. That's why it shot out three projectiles out of two barrels. Yeah, I noticed the homunculi going like, yo, what? <laughs> yeah, uh, also, if you looked at them, they weren't quite bullets. That's because they're actually fingers of corpses. Oh, no. <laughs> also, <laughs> the grenade that he threw that didn't really look like a grenade, it's actually... That was a heart. Yeah, it was right? a heart of a dead magi. That... Yeah, I, I, I did notice that. It's like, that doesn't look like a grip. Oh, okay, it's, that's a heart. Okay. Yeah, and it's actually also stuffed with the teeth of the Magi that are what actually hit the enemy. and then So looks the like teeth were the shrapnel? Yeah, yeah, and then they act like uh, poisoning, basically, which is why they coughed up blood and fell. Oh, man, that's so good. It's, just, just an extra it's behind real, the it, scenes. It's real gross, but also super good. Like, that's that's the stuff I super dig about the Fate world. Like, is that they just they just do weird stuff. Um, and they're not afraid to, like, kind of play with the magic a bit. Especially, like, even small things, like when Vlad talks about how... I think it's Vlad. It might have been someone else. Talks about how... Like, oh yeah, the reason why I wasn't summoned as a vampire, why I was summoned as, like, just Vlad the Third, was because I was summoned, like, in Romania, who considers me, like, where they consider me a hero. Mm -hmm. Like, if I would have been summoned by, like, a different nationality, I probably would have, like, come out as the vampire berserker. Yep. Uh, which I love. I love the little details like that. It, it's it's fun. Yeah, Fate I, I like does a have lot. a lot of those little details. Which is always, it's always fun to, to read up on that. And yeah. so, anyway, but yeah. Anyway, that, we've spent way too much time for this yeah, week. Yeah, we spent, we spent way too much time on Fate Apocrypha <clears throat> as it is. Um, I'll give it a four. I will give it a five because it was great. And also, Mordred is the best. All right. Uh, let's move on to Yokai Apartment, episode two, which I was not able to get around to unfortunately yeah okay yeah so this episode is still yeah it's still setting it's still setting things up so like most of this episode was uh you know uh inaba you know uh getting to know getting to know these uh you know his uh his housemates although yeah so he finds uh yeah, and you know he starts going to he starts going to school, and yeah, and, and so, and but toward the end of the episode, actually something interesting happens. Like, uh, where things actually, like, like sort of like the real main story kicks in, where he uh, he starts showing he starts uh, actually uh, developing magical powers. Oh, so like the the main character starts developing magical yes. powers. Yes, the main character starts develop like the main character like when uh, he sees uh like one of his classmates uh gets injured uh when like a motorcycle crashes into her and she like breaks and she uh, actually gets like like a serious compound fracture in her leg which could you know which uh could have potentially could have potentially killed her. Uh, he psychically heals her. 
Although, huh? Although the uh, the exorcist chick uh, uh, comes on, you know, comes on the scene and helps out a bit. And so anyway, so that's uh, <clears throat> so that's uh, that's a large that's uh, setting in motion a large part of you know this guy's character arc, in that he's not just. You know, he's sort of be- he's sort of becoming, uh, you know, in tune with the supernatural. So, I was, uh, you know, I uh, I enjoyed this episode. Uh, anybody else have anything to say about this? Did anybody else watch this episode? <laughs> I guess not. I think you and I were the only ones who were interested in it, and unfortunately, I did not get around to it. But yeah, I'll 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 catch up next week, so uh, it won't just be you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna give the episode a four. All right. Uh, so let's uh, move on to uh, the first episode, the section of our uh, reviews here that are the first episodes for this week, starting with 18. If which is a pretty interesting premise with a real rough execution. It it was rather weird, and I'm still not sure yeah. what to think about it. The is it just me or is the main <laughs> character just kind of a jackass? Like I don't think so. Like he's I he, I don't know. He's just meant to seem like this like dude who's too cool for school. Um. And like he he cures the main character's uh, psychological issues in about five seconds. Yeah, the um, first half of the episode. But he's was kind of a good. huge jerk. The second half was not as good. Yeah i I was kind of into the first half where this kind of aloof guy gets plopped into a scenario that's like completely out of his depth and he keeps like denying it like oh no this is just a dream it's fine this is gonna be fine it, it was and very I, alice in wonderland yeah and i like the cat dude who shows up um and i figured this is gonna be a scenario where the main character like has a rude wake-up call to the fact that yo no this is serious but then like <laughs> halfway like halfway through the episode like the cat just gets eaten alive like literally <laughs> so funny and no one seems to care i was just like oh okay so we're just gonna end it with oh all right yeah i was like okay that just happened just completely unceremoniously like and then the the dude is like all right whatever and then he just like wins like he gets his arm and his head chopped off doesn't matter yeah, and then he's just like, oh, okay, well, I'll just ignore what she does and impose my own will and everything's fine and I can now control the dream for some reason. Yeah, and now I'll <laughs> mansplain to her what she should do with her life and then I'll win. <laughs> yeah, if if only he could, if, if only he had been a part of her life sooner, then, you know, maybe he could have used his magical powers uh, of uh, being an inherently better person to... Uh, help her out before it got this far. <laughs> also, uh, then the fox comes back for some reason. Yeah, which, like, hey, at least he's not dead, because, like, he was the only character I particularly liked. Um, uh, also, like, the main character apparently has a little sister who shows up randomly. 
I don't think it's a, his little sister. I think it's just a random Wally that's calling yeah. him Oni-chan. Right, of course. Of ran- yeah. Having the Oni-chan in the story. Yeah, as as all random lollies do, they must, by anime law, call someone Oni-chan. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. I think they were what they were getting at was uh, the power of lucid dreaming. Because the thing about lucid dreaming is that at least the theory, at least the uh, the theory goes that once you know it's a dream and you're dreaming lucidly, you can take control of the dream. Yeah, I get that, but um, he was inside another person's dream, um, and he just kind of just all of a sudden was able to lucid dream their own lucid dream. And it's like, all right, now I'm going to use these lucid dream powers to fix all your psychological issues because I'm just that good. I'm gonna do it in like a minute, and then you're gonna like cry and be like and be all naked and be like, "Oh, thank you so much, Mister Male Main Character. Thank God you came around to save me, the poor emotional woman." <laughs> yeah, the structure of this episode was kind of was kind of janky. Yeah. It's just, it's just really, it's probably not intentional, but it just super was not a good look for the first episode, let's say. Uh, yeah. Um, it's a shame because I was kind of, because I was kind of into it with the first half and then it just kind of just really flopped hard at the end Mm -hmm. for me. So I'm probably just going to give this a two. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a three. Yeah, for me, right. the first half was a three, the back half was a one, so it rounds out to a two. Yeah. Let's move on to Ballroom A Yokoso, episode one. Um, which was, uh, was this all, was this originally a novel? Did it have a source material? It was, or it's, it originally, it's originally, it's, it's a manga that is still ongoing. Okay. All right. It was, uh, it, yeah, it so... recently returned from hiatus. Yeah, so uh, very much in a, a similar vein as um, uh, Yuri on Ice. It's kind of going for that sort of uh, target demo, uh, though significantly significantly less gay. Uh, um, yeah, this, this uh, the manga is actually serialized in a shonen magazine. Yeah, so th- this one is like, yeah, the 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 trainer is kind of this biker guy um bad boy and the main character is kind of this uh layabout kind of aimless high school student who then gets a big crush on the female dancer um so very much a different kind of social dynamic than uh what yuri on ice was um so far, I'm liking it though. Uh, it's it's still a pretty beautiful uh, show. Um, it's definitely got a good hook. I think I'm not as sold on the main character as I was on Yuri, um, largely because the main character's kind of only uh, only flaw was almost immediately solved by the end of this episode. Like, oh, I'm aimless. Now I have a goal. Sweet. Um, so hopefully there's going to be a little more depth to him 
later on. Um, well, right now the most interesting characters are everyone who isn't the main character. Okay, the thing about okay, so the, my take on this thing is that okay, structurally, this episode is Hajime no Ippo with dance because oh yeah, I guess that's technically a better. Yeah, that, that's probably a better comparison like, yeah, to Hajime no Ippo. Right, because, like, because <clears throat> you, you, you break it down, and, like, like Sengoku, who's the bad boy biker, he's, like, a perfect stand-in for Takamura from Hajime no Ippo. And the main... that, that's another one of those shows I really need to see, but just haven't gotten around to. Yeah. <laughs> right, and the main character is totally, like, just like Ippo, and he's this guy who, you know, he's like this bullied, uh, you know, bullied kid, you know, who finds his calling after being saved from, after being saved from bullies by this, you know, bad boy kind of guy. Uh, you know, so, yeah, so I was like, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, because, like, because, you know, because structurally, this thing is following one of like one of the classic shonen sports templates. <laughs> but yeah, you know, but it executes everything extremely well. I, I would say extremely well, um, possibly because again, like I'm just not super sold on the main character. He he's kind of got that very stereotypical protagonist earnestness going on but like not in a way i find as charming as it is on say deku um mostly because i find deku's flaws to be more interesting um whereas this guy just feels kind of like oh yeah shonen protagonist number 73 um but i do really like basically every other character I like the bad boy uh, dance instructor um, who thinks this kid just is going nowhere in dance. So, like, yeah, screw it. I don't want to waste my time. You know, I'm too good for this. My time's too important for this. Um, he's got a super neat character um, and a interesting sort of internal conflict going on that will be cool to see develop. I really like the uh, female instructor there who just, like, really wants people to join the dance school. And it's, like, uh, just really charming and uh, very enthusiastic. Uh, sort of like the sort of like the mom of the dance hall. Uh, I really like the um, sort of uh, a girl dancer. I, I can't remember any of these people's names. It was, it was just the first episode. I'm sure I'll get them eventually. Yeah. But uh, I really like her character, where she's kind of she's kind of aloof um, and sort of like, look, I, please don't bother me. Like, if if you're just gonna goof around, just don't bother me. This is embarrassing. But then, like, when she she's she sees he put some effort in, she's like, all right, okay, let's do this. Um, and it's kind of the mature adult in the room, basically, even though she's a high schooler. Uh, yeah, so I, I like everyone other than the main character quite a bit. Uh, and it's not like I hate the main character. He's just not particularly interesting to me yet. 
Uh, so I'm definitely going to give it more episodes because um, I think it shows promise. But yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that I read I've you know I read the manga, so you know I know where this thing goes. Uh, yeah. So and I'm looking and I'm looking forward to seeing it animated. Anyway, I'm going to give this episode a four. I will also give it a four. Uh, so let's move on to Princess Principal Episode One, which uh, I can't remember which blog I was reading, but um, they did kind of a summer preview. I wish I could find them again because it was a real good blog. Oh God, uh, I'll find it later. Uh, but they were talking about how Princess Principal gave them uh, f- kind of flashbacks to. Uh, gunslinger girl. Yes, and I can definitely tell why. Because it's very much going for that kind of like, oh, they're cute girls on high flying adventures, but also, yo, this is dark, bro. <laughs> uh, I I really enjoyed it, much to my surprise. I I didn't think it would be as good as it was. Yeah. Uh. I'm I'm not gonna like I'm not going crazy over it like I think it's fine. Um, it certainly <laughs> was better than I thought it was going to be, but also I thought it was gonna be kind of trash. Yeah. So the fact so the fact that I'm like oh yeah that was okay and I like I'll, I'll probably check out another episode like is is honestly surprising to me. Um, I do think uh their sort of attempts to add darkness and grittiness to the narrative is very heavy handed. Especially since they place basically all of it so far on like the uh, on the sort of very stereotypical like um, doesn't talk much little girl with the bob cut. Uh, yeah, from the opening itself, you can tell the exact stereotypes of each girl. Yeah, especially at the end where she's shooting that dude. Uh, uh, constantly is like, is that another lie? And then she's, yeah. So it's like, okay. Alright, show. I, I get it now. I get it. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's super heavy-handed uh, in that regard. But also, that doesn't necessarily ruin it. It's just that I'm probably not going to take it very seriously. <laughs> Even though it clearly is trying so hard uh, to make you take that character's backstory seriously. <laughs> I, um, I really like the opening sequence when... Oh, yeah. When, like, the action scenes are great. Yeah, the action sequence... Uh, the, ac- the action sequences are, across the board, a lot of fun. Which is kind of what saved this... Sh- what what made this show, uh, like, yeah, I'll probably watch another episode for me. Yeah... I like the I like the girls. They they're fun to watch, and I I also like the reference to Caverite, which yeah it was kind of a interesting interesting retro bit because uh, Caverite was uh, the was the uh, was the substance in uh, I think uh, an H G Wells book, which allowed uh, which allowed space flight. Uh, oh yeah. So like yeah, so they're you know staying with this kind of you know 
like uh, early twentieth century, early twentieth century shtick. Yeah, well, it's not quite steampunk, but it, it's yeah, it's pretty close. It, it's just on the edge of being steampunk. There's not enough gears for it to truly be yeah. steampunk. Yes, it needs more. Thank gears. God, no one, no one's walking around in friggin' Victorian top hats that have just gears pasted on them. Uh, no one's flying in steam dirigibles or something. Uh, but yeah, I, I do like uh, I do like the aesthetic of it. I do like the action scenes a lot. Um, I do like the female characters for the most part, as long as the little girl isn't trying to be like, my life is pain. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 a decent show. I'll mm-hmm. give it a three. Oh, it was much better than I was expecting. I'm gonna give it a four. But yeah, again, like you said, we really weren't expecting much. Yeah, it was kind <laughs> it was of like, a low oh, clear. it's little girl spies in school. This is going to be dumb. But no, it was actually a lot smarter than that. Yeah. I also, also, like... also, I don't remember a panty shot. I could be wrong, but like, I don't remember a whole lot of gratuitous fan service. Uh, there was that one changing scene. Oh yeah, that's right. Where they had the guy blindfolded, but even that yeah. wasn't that much fan service. Yeah, yeah, even that like was barely there. So, yeah, so that's another bullet dodged. Mm-hmm. I I do like uh, <laughs> um, the one Genki girl that can apparently just mimic voices. Oh yeah, that was <laughs> that when she revealed that power. I was like, okay, that's a pretty clever power set. Yeah. Also, oh, also, I really also like... the the funniest power view that you could possibly give, like the stereotypical talks like they've just inhaled a balloon yeah. character. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, that was real good. Um, also, I really like that they gave you all the information you needed to solve the uh, well mystery and the inform- the evidence that uh, she used about the, uh, oh, the ballroom. Yeah. Or her, uh, the girl's feet and the uh, ballroom invita- uh, invitation, because yeah. I went back and looked at that, and it does indeed say Royal Ballet. You can actually read it. Nice. Yeah. Yes, it's nice when a, it's nice when like they actually you know like lay the groundwork for the twist instead of making yeah, make, don't instead cheat instead of it. making it come out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, so yeah, like the evidence they're using rather than just pulling it up. Yeah, that that was nice. You, you know, you guys were talking about one of my favorite genres, uh, steam detectives. So you know, I, I do think you might like Princess Principal, actually, Larry. Well, it's possible. I'll, uh, now that I've listened, I uh, might download and see if I can catch up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, oh. at the very least, it's a hell of a lot better than whatever that Galileo Girls show was that we went all the way through. Oh, Gal- oh. Galilei Donna? <laughs> yeah, Galilei Donna. That, yeah, that dumb thing. That show was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Okay. At least it was real dumb in a fun way, but it was real dumb. Well, so it barked at the moon a little bit. A lot. Yeah. Uh, another, so. another thing I just noticed is... Um, when they go visit the sister in the hospital and uh, the main character grabs this needle thing and then she injects the person next to her, we're just like, why the hell is she injecting that person? 
she later shows up in the uh, in the room with all the conspirators. So she was the the plant next to the sister. Oh, okay. And that's why she got drugged before they talked that's to the sister. That's Okay. Well, yeah, because uh, well, even if she wasn't, even if she wasn't a plant, they wouldn't have wanted uh, anyone overhearing their conversation. Yeah, th th honestly, this does seem like a show specifically designed to appeal to Aaron because, again, it's very much cribbing off of the style of Gunslinger Girl, and also there's plenty of small details for Aaron to be able to spot and for me to miss completely. <laughs> I like the show. Yeah. Gunslinger Girls, okay. Honestly, so... I don't think I can find anything wrong with this show, so I'm going to give it a five. Wait, wait, it, I like, just felt the, the ground move. the girls being stereotypes worked out fine so far. I, I just felt the ground move. <laughs> All right. Also, the ending so, is pretty good, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. Ben, did you give it a score yet? I gave it a four. Okay. So three, four, five, all across the board. Um, yeah, so let's talk about Made in Abyss, episode one, which I uh, did not bother watching. Oh! Oh, you missed something good. Yes, Wait, you did. Wait, seriously? Yes. Seriously. Yeah. yeah, Made in the Abyss is award-winning. It's really good. Oh. I did not realize that. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, there was... Uh, I mean, they like... I mean, like the way this the, the way the show was like paced and structured and just put together, it was top notch. Do well, not, dang! Do not be fooled with the character designs. Oh yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this is not a kids show. Yeah, because the character like yeah, because like the man like a lot of the like the characters are these like little kids, you know, and they're given these like like. Designs that basically make them look like giant babies, um, but uh, yeah, they're, they're sort of chibi character designs. Yeah, <clears throat> but uh, yeah. yeah, but like the story, no, yeah, the, the story has got a lot more going on. Yeah, like there's it. a lot of world building going on, and it gets pretty dark, and there is gore and violence and. No, nope. so Larry should skip then. Uh, well, believe it or not, not Larry, Larry watched it and liked it. Hush. Oh, really? Yes. Well, there, nah. there was none of that in this episode. Well, that's and all it's, right. It's not. It's not a lot. It, it's. It's not used for like a oversaturation to the point that you get numb to it. Yeah. It's used in very well. Oh crap! You know this is serious moment. Moderation. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I get, that makes sense because I mean Larry does like Silent Mobius and like that kind of does the same thing where it does have Silent Mobius also had gore but like kind of only in the most extreme circumstances yeah, to it, make you go oh crap it wasn't <laughs> yeah, gore, it just wasn't got gore twenty four seven yeah yeah and after the first couple of times that it surprised you then you kind of knew it was coming and could go okay. Yeah, so after I watched this first episode, I went back and read the manga for a few chapters, and I ended up reading all that's been translated. So, uh, 
<laughs> well, yeah, I guess that says something about his quality, huh? Yeah, yeah. So I, I really like the manga, so, so I'm looking Aaron, forward to Aaron, it. Aaron actually took, yeah, actually took the time and effort to, uh, yes. Although I really love the classroom. Oh, yeah, because, yes. like, yeah, because, like, uh, yeah, because the seats are not arranged in rows front to back. Like, the, like, the kids, like, the seats are actually on the walls, like, from top to bottom. So like mm-hmm. like the seats are vertically arranged because huh. because the like because what's you know the orphanage what it does is it trains uh, people who climb down into this giant pit to to hunt for treasure the the abyss yes. yeah <clears throat> like right so like right in the like even in the classroom they're like training these kids to think you know to think in terms of climbing. Yeah, there's That's ladders there. That's pretty but... cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also it saves space. Yeah. Which is at a premium in an orphanage. Stacking things vertically yeah, so always helps. Yeah, they can build up instead of out. Which, that's a super Japanese thing. <laughs> it's yeah. building up rather than out. Because Japan doesn't have a whole lot of real estate either. Yeah, that's why they've got like, some of the biggest skyscrapers in the world because uh, yeah, absence of space. Yeah, like for one thing, they're an island. For another thing, there's a lot of mountains on that island. <laughs> well, and then they have the other thing that's since we're on the subject is earthquakes. You can't build real high because you've got to make sure it doesn't fall over. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely catch up on that show. Uh, yeah. Lord knows. Lord knows. I'm gonna have a, a few less to watch next week. Uh, yeah, <laughs> think so. So anyway, this episode gets a five. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I. Mm-hmm. I uh, <clears throat> what is finding the? Well, we gotta go into the finding the robot boy. What no, I, wait a minute. Dusty what, hasn't seen it. Let him yeah. find the robot what boy. What I what I especially liked about it was the way it was the way it delivers like the way it delivers information to the viewer. In a very, in a very natural way, without like, you know, without like these info dumps or you know, like, like really awkward expository dialogue. So like, you know, the dialogue, the dialogue between the characters, you know, it informs the viewer, but also feels natural. <clears throat> so I really yeah, like yeah, you, the, I really yeah. like the way they did that. I think the, what you're looking for is we were being talked to and not talked at. Yes. Because <clears throat> I tell you what, I, I stuff that talks at me, I have a tendency to find exceptionally annoying. Uh, Just saying. So yeah, good stuff. Uh, what do you think, Aaron? Yeah, I agree. I'll give it a five. I gave it a five. It's one of those things I actually plan on watching more because, dang, it looks interesting. Mm -hmm. Nice. All right. uh, Moving on to Vatican Miracle Examiners, episode one. Oh, boy. Which, yeah, I'm not sure how to feel about this one. Because on the one hand, like... a lot of the content of the episode was actually kind of interesting, and I like that it's sort of modern. It's almost like CSI, but for modern priests. Oh. Um, 
which is kind of a cool twist on that police procedural kind of thing. But on the other hand, like, there's some weird stuff going on with the cinematography in this show. Like, some real weird stuff. Yeah, I, I can't um, quite put my finger on it, but, like, I knew that there was just, there's something off yeah, with the episode. Uh, so the things that really, that stuck out to me was that, uh, for the, I guess the most obvious example is that a lot of times they'll use really weird framing tricks like spinning the frame around or like uh, shaking it violently during a dialogue and it just feels too much. Like It's like, okay, you're clearly trying to get a, this emotion across, but it's just very jarring instead. Um, also, there's a lot of cuts where it feels like the scene just didn't get enough time to breathe um, combined with the fact that they jump cut to a um, different scene that's like a little too far in the future like the transitions like the scene transitions feel really abrupt it all just feels like a little too fast and like you're being rushed through things kind of unceremoniously Uh this show has a lot of editing problems. Like it, it feels super awkward, which is a shame because like, I like the idea of it and I like a lot of what is actually there in the content, but it's, it's really uncomfortable to watch in a kind of like, not, not even like a content way, but just a like visual way. It makes my eyes uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. It, was weird i also this thing was weird i didn't have i didn't have a huge problem with like with the uh like least in terms of like being able to follow the action or although i did think yeah i did think the, the pacing was yeah the pacing wasn't quite right yeah. And I was able to follow the action. Yeah. It's just that it's just, yeah. just that the action it's just the, the editing for it just was like, whoa, what is happening here? Yeah, and well, some of the dialogue was awkward. Yeah. Um which that kind of got me. And and like it's like you can tell like the writers just don't get how the Catholic Church works. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's always the case. Yeah, they're I mean, Japanese. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's like what twenty Christians in Japan. <laughs> well, it's not quite that low, but yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, there, there's more Christians in Japan than one would think. Yeah, it's, I think it's like one percent of the population, something like that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very small. I, I was just underselling it for comedic effects. Right. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's I mean, of course, a whole lot of, uh, you know, a whole lot of American, a whole lot of American shows don't get the Catholic Church either. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like this show stands out <laughs> over much in that way. Uh, that's, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I'll, I'll, I mean, honestly, I'm kind of just glad to see a description of uh, a depiction of Catholicism that isn't just like, oh yeah. Also, the po- the Pope secretly transforms into a, the devil. 
and then you have to fight him to save the universe. Because <laughs> usually that's what happens when Catholicism shows up in anime. It's like, oh yeah, they're the the Pope is the final boss. Uh, <laughs> and, and the Catholic Church is always evil. Yeah, they're always like super evil. Where whereas here it just seems like, yo, this particular Catholic uh branch uh this particular catholic church in this sector like has some weird stuff going on <laughs> yeah and for uh, okay and the other thing is <clears throat> the other thing is even though like this particular branch like this particular like uh this particular like branch of the church is supposed to be in mexico there aren't a whole lot of mexicans <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, like there are a lot of yeah, a lot of la of a lot of the Latino community and the Spanish community are like heavily Catholic, but I don't know, maybe it's just because of how anime likes to draw people where a, a lot of times almost everyone looks Caucasian unless they are a black person, in which case they are super black to the point of where it is occasionally bordering a little too close to like the minstrel stereotype um yeah it may just be the way that they're drawn but yeah there there aren't a whole lot of latinos here no i mean i mean i'm not talking about i'm not talking about the way they're drawn i'm talking about their names like oh yeah yeah i mean they're given like like what father franz and all that it's like wait yeah it's like couldn't some of these priests be mexican yeah, it's like most of them are like German. <laughs> yeah, it's like what are all these uh, like what are all these German what are all these German guys doing in a church in Mexico? They're cruelly yeah. missionaries. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. As if, that... as if Mexico needs missionaries. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, of, of all the places that need right. Catholic missionaries. Okay, but but that said, like, I think the mystery was still pretty engaging. Yeah, and so I'm still gonna watch the next episode because I want to see how it turns out. But, <laughs> but still, the show is kind of dumb. Yeah, yeah. Like the most glaring thing is, is that the webinar I just posted. Oh yeah, oh, let me let me see that. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Where the dude just like freaks out and it just cuts to like nighttime. <laughs> It's like no, no, we were getting somewhere. What happened there? Yeah, yeah, the editing is real weird. <laughs> like, what uh, also, with that? in case you are curious, um, as of a 2008 demographic survey, Christianity makes up one percent of uh, Japan's total population. What about Catholicism? Uh, I'm guessing that's included because there's no separate entry for it. Uh. Though according to a uh, detailed 1996 survey that uh, had a religious affiliation in Japan by prefecture, apparently the largest portion of Christians are in um, the Nagasaki prefecture. You know, in case you are curious, I guess hmm. wanted to hang out with like <coughs> more than a couple dozen Christians. Uh, Anyway, yeah, yeah like, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I just find stats fascinating. Like, just that scene was just weird. Like, like, okay, we're finally gonna get some, some, uh, some, uh, some. Uh, I don't know what the word is. 
we're trying to get Devel- some information development yeah. on this uh, weird four eye baby, and then it just cuts. It's just like, wait, but what yeah. happened to the? <laughs> yeah, it was a little strange. Um, like that was the most yeah, interesting like, thing in the episode. Yeah, I'm. I think I'm gonna give this show a couple more episodes, um, just because, like, I really do want to like it a lot. Um, it's it's got some neat stuff going on. It's just got some real awkward editing and pacing. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give. Yeah, it's interesting enough to keep watching them. I'm gonna give the episode yeah. a three. Yeah, I, I'm gonna agree with that. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to uh, Centaur no Nayami, which is a show about a gay centaur lady. She's not gay. Oh wait, hold on. Was that a different pair that I uh, was looking at? Someone on Twitter posted uh, about yeah, uh, some characters like the in very, that show holding the, hands. Yeah, well, no, actually, the very first scene in the sh- the very first scene in the episode is a kiss between two girls. Okay. Yes, yeah. but it's done as part of the Romeo and Juliet thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, dang it. Yeah. You almost had me mildly interested in the show. Uh, actually, the show, I thought the show was mildly interesting, uh, which I wasn't expecting. I was expecting it to be just like this kind of dull slice of lifey thing, except with Monster Girls. But it seems they put a little bit more thought into it. It, it also goes over, uh, I can't remember if they did in this episode, but I've read the manga. It, it goes over a lot of sort of discrimination and racism stuff as well. Right. So kind of covering similar ground as um, uh, the other Monster Girls show. Demi-chan? Yeah, Demi-chan. Kind of, but a bit more... a, a bit better, I think. Yeah. And, and they call it out pretty much directly. Because I think... Uh, okay. If it's... Is it in this episode? Uh, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they talk about how humans are divided into the the various subspecies, um, and then that how things would be different if they if we all looked you know the same, but with different you know hair color, skin color, etc. And how we have discrimination because there's a variety of uh, you know angel folk, centaur folk, uh, animal folk, etc. Um, and if we were all the same, but with skin color and whatnot, we wouldn't have discrimination like that, because that would be stupid. <laughs> Irony. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, they point out how ridiculous it is that we discriminate solely on incredibly small differences. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and, well, also there was a, there also there was an interesting bit where, like, 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 because like the second half of the ep- second half of the like the episode is divided into two segments. Um, <clears throat> presumably, they're you know adapting two two different chapters of the manga. Uh, yeah. And so like in the so like the first segment is like they're doing this uh, Romeo and Juliet type play. And it's actually three segments, by the way. Uh, oh right, because there was like the classroom. There was the classroom segment too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Romeo and Juliet, classroom, and then the marathon thing. Right, but... So in the bit with the marathon, you know, so like, you know, all the the girls are running a marathon as part of like their PE class or something like that. Uh, and so like, 
so there's this bit where like the the centaur girl talks yeah <clears throat> the centaur girl like and her friends are talking about how you know centaurs like in this day and age they can't carry people because like way back in the battle days you know centaurs were enslaved and forced to carry people yeah, uh, basically, um, one of her friends, who's a, a fawn lady, um, is out of shape and can't really keep up. So the centaur girl asks if she wants to ride her, or she wants to carry her, rather. And she goes, no, <laughs> that's a bad idea. That's basically a hate crime. Huh. Yeah. Right. So, like... <clears throat> Yeah, so this uh, this this uh, like this story takes place in a time when, you know, they they're like they've gotten past a lot of like the worst of like you know of racism, but everybody's still really sensitive about it. Yeah. So, yes, there's some interesting things about this. Although, one thing that got me about it was, like, the classroom segment talked about how, like, you know, back in their evolutionary history, like, you know, human, all humans, like, evolved from six-limbed reptiles. Uh, you know, and... Oh, yeah, they still call themselves humans, yeah, by the way. Yes, even though they're centaurs and fawns and angels and whatnot. Yeah, they all call themselves human. Uh, you know, and, and so like, and so supposedly all, you know, all people have six limbs, you know, usually like two arms, two legs and two wings or, you know, four legs and two arms and that kind of thing. Except the, the fawn girl, I'm like, I was one like wondering, like, yeah, like the out of shape girls, like, wait, where are her other, where are her other two limbs? I'm guessing the horns. Yeah, except that didn't really scan for me. Yeah, I mean that—that's also kind of gets to an interesting idea of like, um, sort of like, well, what is identity really? Is it is it? Because oftentimes we're taught to think of uh, sort of like a lot of these <coughs> classifications as things that are set in stone, like mathematics, when really they're just kind of arbitrary categories. Um. Like so, like the, the the like the idea of a show, um, sort of going like, oh yeah, humans have six limbs. It's kind of just like this really. It, it feels like it's meant to kind of, uh, just blatantly go against what you're taught to think of as a hu- as like, what defines a human, and to be like, have you go well? Th- that's humans don't have six l- limbs, and then it goes well. Why can't they? <laughs> uh, it, it reminds me a lot of uh, this one really good tweet I read um, I can't find the exact one right now but uh, as it basically goes like uh, um, talks about how oh yeah uh, transhumanist nerds saying oh yeah it's really interesting how um, transhumanism uh, posits a lot of uh, uh, like these uh, challenging ideas of uh, what identity means, and then uh, it goes then like trans people saying, "Oh, hi, we exist," and then transhumanist nerds, "No, not you," <laughs> <laughs> and sort of like the 
going going over the idea is that like we kind of making the point that there a lot of we kind of have this tendency of liking to talk about the ideas of like oh yeah what does this mean about identity and what it means to be human that sort of stuff we like to sort of philosophize and navel gaze about it uh, but a lot of times when it comes to actually address that question in the real world we end up being a lot less tolerant than we pretend we are <clears throat> when we're sort of talking about these pie in the sky sci-fi ideas um so that's that hmm i i guess i should watch centaur no nayami yeah i like yeah, it's pretty good like it, like structurally <clears throat> structurally it's like a schoolgirl slice of life show but there's a but they put but you know they put some fun and effort into into their premise and i really respect it that way I am, however, disappointed that they skipped the first bit of the manga, which involves um, the centaur girl uh, turning down a um, a uh, uh, someone that wants to to date her, and her friends later ask her why, and she's like, "Well, I'm concerned with my looks." I was like, "Well, what do you mean?" It's like apparently in the past. Uh, like their class had a uh, an outing to go look at like cows and stuff, <laughs> and it shows them looking at the rear of the cow and this guy teasing her about how hers would look like that cow's. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so she has no. a complex about how her vagina looks like. Oh so no! They, so <laughs> so they actually go through and they're just like, okay, well, we'll get rid of that. Why don't we show you yours and we'll look at yours and, and everything will be fine. So that was that's like one of the first chapters in the manga. Okay. Um, also, what a, what a dick move by that guy. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, to be fair, it, it's it's a good insult, but... Also, um, just a really horrible thing to say to a person. Yeah. Uh, also, um, I'm kind of annoyed that they skipped this part of the manga with their, uh, with their they they skipped the part over about a centaur, uh, a fat centaur not being able to wipe themselves. Uh, actually, oh, okay. they didn't skip that. That was a well, there was a there was a reference to it uh, when in the uh, in the uh, marathon running segment. Yeah, they referenced it, but. I really like the, the manga's imaging. It's like apparently centaur spines can like do a one eighty. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's handy. Yeah. I also really like the fat centaur. Oh yeah. All right. Anyway, yeah. So I guess I'll I'll take a look at that show. Um, it's another one to put on my list for. Tomorrow I'll have to replace some of the ones I'm dropping. Uh, and finally, Shokoku no Altair, episode one. Which was something I was intending on watching, but just didn't have time to get to. This was good. It had a Arslan feel to it. In fact, for a minute, I was looking to see if Arslan would pop up out of the bushes. He didn't. 
So did uh, anyone else watch this? Oh one? yeah, I watched it. Okay. And it was good. Yeah. It was yeah. <clears throat> right. So right. So it's uh, so like the world is like like the world it's this, you know, I mean I Okay, I would categorize this as an imaginary kingdom historical in that yeah. In that it plays like a it plays like a historical show and there's no magic or anything. It's all just politics and war and intrigue and well, stuff like what that. What it is is his job looks like is he's to stop wars before they begin. Right. Because, uh, you know, it's like, it's like the main political dynamic is that, like, the country the main character's from, Turkey, uh, is being, uh, you know, is being threatened by a, uh, a larger country, uh, the Baltrain Empire. And yeah. so, like, 12 years, 12 years in the past, there was, like, you know, there was a war with, between Turkey and the Baltrain Empire. That was, uh, you know, which uh, it went badly. Heavy losses, including uh, including uh, the main character uh, Mahmoud's family and his village all got destroyed in that war. You know, and so he, you know, when he he grew up, he, uh, you know, he aced it. He aced his exams and became uh, a pasha, I guess the equivalent of a general, at the age of seventeen. And yeah, you know, and so now the uh, the the Baltrain Empire is trying another uh, is trying another scheme to uh, <clears throat> just to start a war up again. Yeah, because you know that you've got to have a good war. Yeah, and it's up to our hero to stop. So, and he comes up with some rather clever ways. There are people inside his own empire that are fighting him because they're like. Oh man, this kid? No, we can't let this kid do stuff like this. He'll make us all look bad. Uh, yeah, he is. And deal with it. And they don't deal with it very well. Yeah. In fact, they don't deal with it well at all. Um, it's... A lot of groundwork was laid, and I'm hoping that they tie some more things together, but this, for me, is worth at least another couple of watches. Maybe, uh... A continuation throughout the season. Your uh, opinion? Yeah, I uh, yeah, I thought this thing, I thought this uh, show got off to a really solid start. Uh, I'm gonna give it a four. I can give it a four. Uh, I recommend you take right. a peek at it, Dusty. Yeah, sure, I'll check it out. Okay. So uh, that does it for our episodes uh, this week, which means it's now time to figure out what stuff to cut because there's no way we're going through this list again <laughs> oh ooh, hold on i got something uh yeah. something else that i really like about the manga for uh centaur's worries is that in between the chapters it has a page of sort of like details of like everyday life details so like how how uh, the angel folk with their wings or people with their tail or centaurs the footwear Oh, okay, yeah. Interesting. Like, I always love just little details like that. Just world-building details. 
Yes. It just adds an extra an extra bit of uh, of good stuff. All right. Anyway. So yeah, so we're probably going to end up um so uh we this is just dropping for Bakacast itself, not necessarily we're all going to drop it and just never watch it again. Um but I feel like we're leaning towards dropping from the show uh Kakegurui Katsugeki Token Ranbu Knights and Magic 18 if um and that seems like pretty much it for now which would leave us with uh stuff to discuss on the show that includes Hero Academy and Virgin Soul of course those are continuing on um we still talk about Fate Apocrypha Apocrypha Yokai Apartment Ballroom Yokoso Princess Principle, Made in Abyss, Vatican Miracle Examiners, assuming we still enjoy that, we may eventually drop that. Uh, Centaur, No Nayami, and possibly Shokaku, No Altair. Does that sound like a good amount to go with for now? Uh, we can make further cuts if necessary. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll, uh, yeah. I think I'll add Princess Principle to mine and uh, see how the rest of this works. <laughs> All right, so yeah, let's let's go with that list for now. Um, that will drastically cut down on the, the length uh, that we have to go through. Maybe we can spend a little more time on some of the other ones since we kind of tried to blaze through uh, the episodes a bit here to avoid staying up for like four hours. Blaze, um, blaze, I like that. Yeah, word. well, although Jigoku Hell Girl comes out tomorrow. Oh right, yeah, I, I'm at sure. Least talk about the first episode. Okay. Uh, yeah, sure. It, it'll be fun for you know what. Even though I've I have never seen an episode of Hell Girl, I'll watch the first episode of that, and we can all ha- you can all have fun uh, seeing how much I can actually follow it. <laughs> no, it's not hard. Okay, it's not hard to follow. It's also probably not. We're we're not going to discuss it more than the first episode. Okay. Uh, yeah. But it but it was always we, an entertaining show for me. Yeah. Yeah, we could totally do the first episode. I'm I'm fine with. Yeah. That. Think about. Uh, think about. And I, I don't. And I also feel like that you'll know why it it was entertaining for me specifically once you see it. Okay. All right. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, that seems like a pretty solid list to stick on for now, um, and I believe we have a comment from Mark. The one actually, aka Mark Benjamin. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh, na- well, now he's uh, Mark the Evil One hashtag Storm. Oh right, man. How many names has has Mark chosen at this point? He's just doing it to get past our ban filter. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> Knew we should have done IP bans. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't work. He's got a couple of those too. Curses. Hey, don't ban him. Inter- don't ban him. His questions are fun. Yeah, international hey, Mark, man of mystery. Mark, Mark. If you, Mark, if your leg hurts, we're only pulling it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't actually hate you. I'm just, I just, I'm just Sundere. Um Boy, I'm not going to so, go there. <laughs> okay, let's see. Uh, uh, re-question one. Which re-questions do you think this is justified because stuff like games... Okay. Um... So, what manga have we read since the last podcast, including TV, Netflix, anime, games, news? Okay, so 
just what's what stuff have we really gotten into since the last podcast uh oh yeah i binged all of tepu i did finally finish that um i'm really depressed that that manga only got like 30 chapters because it was it was really good yeah i i wish i wish tepu had succeeded oh i think it did it just there really wasn't much more to go from there it felt like he still had plans, um, but like he, it seems like it got canceled. I could be wrong. Um, maybe he did just like run out of stuff to do with it and kind of already accomplished what he wanted to. But yeah, I don't know. I I liked it while it lasted. Mm-hmm. And um, to be fair, it was eight volumes. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was like thirty two chapters. That it was or something around there. So it got a, like a decent length. Um. So yeah. Uh. I don't know. I I guess I more lament the fact that there are just not enough show, uh, not enough stuff like Tepu out there, you know. Uh, well, let's see. I've actually cut back on my manga reading a whole lot. Uh, what? Yeah, I. <laughs> so, uh, okay. hey, I figured he had to come well, up. He had to come up with a spare time somewhere. Ben, I'm sorry, but that's kind of the reason we hired you. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, okay. Yeah, we have to we have to trim down this organization now that Aaron's kind of a permanent member. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, there is one. There, there is one manga I can hardly recommend, uh, uh, and it's uh, Astro Lost in Space, uh, which is it's actually uh, you. Oh, that's that uh, uh, Korean. Uh, web manga, no, it is right? not. It's actually on. Uh, it's actually on uh, sh- the uh, Shonen Jump uh, website. Oh, really? Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, it, it's serialized. Uh, it's serialized on the website, uh, and you know, so it's about these. Uh, these. Uh, oh, I was probably thinking of a different yeah. one. I was thinking of the Knights one. Yeah. Okay, never mind. So yeah, so it's about these uh, like eight high school kids. Who get literally lost in space, and there's reasons for it. And so, like, oh yeah, and so, I've, I've and, seen I've seen the TV show, right? And so the uh, right, I know where this is going, right? And so they have to basically get back get back home, and uh, yeah, and the and the science and the clearly evil scientist is evil. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, it's actually, well, turns out. <laughs> Doesn't cor- doesn't don't, work don't. quite like that. And, but I won't. And then they make a movie where he turns into a weird spider thing. <laughs> but I I won't spoil it. But uh, but it but it actually has uh, one of the characters is intersex. Oh okay. Um, cool. So it was uh, yeah. It looks like there are thirty five chapters so far. That's a pretty decent amount. Yeah. It's a uh, it's a pretty interesting uh, pretty interesting read. I yeah highly I will it. keep this on my radar. It's also done by the guy that did Sket Dance. Oh huh. Yes. I vaguely remember Sket Dance. I uh, remember thinking like yeah this was okay. <laughs> I, I I believe we kind of dropped it after four episodes or so, but like not because it was bad, but more because there were like better things to talk about during that season. It was one of those yeah, seasons the where there was 32 volumes. Yeah. If I remember right, it was one of those seasons where there was 35 shows and 33 of them were watchable. 
Yeah, let's see. That was uh, the 2012 season, fall season. Yeah. Let's see. I should I should look what happened in the fall of 2012. On, mm. I'm I'm really curious here. All oh, right, psychopath happened. <laughs> psychopath uh, was that long ago? Yep, that was five yeah. years ago, boy. Man. Uh, oh God, Shunibyo was also during that season. Oh, Shinsekai Yori was that season. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. The first season of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, so Phantom Blood, uh, Nekomonogatari. Uh, let's see, you said fall of 2012. Yeah, Girls in Panzer. Yeah, let's see. Well, we were we were reviewing <laughs> Girls in Panzer, Yomanga and Psychopaths. Yeah, Yomanga was that season. Shinseki Yari yes. and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, there was actually a lot of solid stuff that season. And so yeah, we, that was the also the season was... that gave us uh, Space Bros, Muv Love. Oh yeah, Space Bros. Magi, Batum. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, so I, yeah, yeah. I think we just didn't have room for it, really. Yeah, that was. Uh, isn't that terrible? I keep all these lists of history so I can go back to them real quick and find out <laughs> what all sorts of insane things we were doing back then. Yeah. Oh God, Sword Art Online was continuing in that season as well. We were still going through that piece of garbage. Yes, we were. <laughs> God, that was. So oh, long you're. Ago. Eureka 7 AO was also continuing, and I know we uh, talked about that one as well. Mm-hmm. Also, Muv Love to- Alternative Total Eclipse, Aaron. Yes. <laughs> well, man, I love Muv Love, not just the spinoff, though. <laughs> I know, that's what every Muv Love fan says. It's like, no, really, honest, all, all the spinoffs are garbage. I swear the actual original sci-fi Muv Love is good. I promise. <laughs> Yeah, sure it you is. Do. It's one of the. It's one of my favorite visual novels. Anything, yeah, no. It, every... I... Yeah, no. I'm, 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 I'm actually not giving you crap for it. I just think it's funny. Anything you say, Denozo. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> uh, yeah. back to Mark. Anyway, <clears throat> yes, back, back to Mark the one. Um, Let's see, uh, seen stuff I suggested like Night's Run. Night's Run, that's the thing I was thinking of. Yeah, I, I have uh, I have a little bit more than, I've read a little bit more of that and I've, I've liked it. Um, do you prefer the review format for manga slash anime suggest? Uh, I don't, does he mean do we prefer his review format? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what that question's asking. Uh, Aaron, how can you tell what's a good light novel even if it's an uh, a real life uh, one, I've got my own criteria. But what's yours? Yes, Aaron, light novel expert. What is what is your criteria that you I'm judge going light to novel assume by? he means a sekai when he says real life. Yeah, probably an isekai. Yeah. Um, I generally go for if the protagonist is smart but not all knowing. And if he has a reasonable strength, if it's that sort of uh, novel, but not ridiculously, he wins everything. And uh, also, I assume if the title includes two out of the three words, sister, titty, and elf. Uh, no. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, the... <clears throat> okay. <laughs> so I also look, prefer it... female protagonists to male protagonists because they tend to be less wish fulfillment. Yeah. yeah, that that is probably a, a good sort of just basic criteria because more than likely, if your main character in the light novel is a woman, it's probably not uh, being written by a dude who plays way too many many MMOs and. Look, I say this as someone who has three MMOs currently installed on his computer, uh, but who plays way too many MMOs and is like, if only video games were like real life, I would have all the ladies. <laughs> but yeah, no, those those are good criteria. Those are pretty much exactly what I would go with if I ever bothered reading light novels. I just I just wait for the adaptations and then judge them superficially. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then I have to explain why the source material is so much better. Yeah, exactly. And then you're like, oh gosh, if you had just yeah. Except in the case of Song Korea, where the source material was actually worse. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, that was a thing we watched, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, Song Korea, where the show where the studio that adapted it basically um kind of polished a turd. <laughs> Ooh. Um, anyway, do you think I can sneak onto the podcast one day, or is that evil plan going to be shelved for another year? Um, I, I know we kind of made an exception for Ben, um, but yeah, we're kind of not looking for guest hosts outside of, I love you, I love you, Mark, I do, even though you hurt me sometimes with what you do to me, um, but yeah, like, there, I'm very picky about who I have guest on the podcast. Um, I question that because I'm here. <laughs> I mean, drum look, roll. You're my, be- drum you're my roll. best friend. Uh, for one thing, I feel like I'm obligated to, and also I need someone to uh, push back against me. And now that Meg is not here to make fun of me, like I need to get that from someone. We need to get Megan back. I look, man. I know. <laughs> It, it's either uh, gonna it's with her it's either gonna work out or it's not yeah um she's probably busy busy having i, I don't know like a tw- 24 hour rave i don't know what megan does these days uh, <laughs> no one can true no yeah. one can truly know what uh, megan does wasn't these she days. wasn't she wasn't she planning her wedding yeah she was getting married so i figure i'll just give that some time <laughs> maybe maybe check in occasionally like hey how you doing with that marriage thing? Uh, yeah how's the married life thing going of course if oh you get, which if, reminds if, mark before, actually has a question about this yeah uh is the real reason megan hasn't come back is because you angered santa and now she is captured in the north pole she made a valiant effort to escape but he bought her out with a harem now you must defeat them both to save your okay this is going to a real weird place <laughs> look if someone ki- if santa kidnapped megan i think santa would like megan would just start talking about stuff like megan does and santa would be like yo oh, you can have her back yeah <laughs> if heck he gives her I and put her on a special delivery sleigh 
I can't handle this. She keeps talking about weird sex stuff. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> if Santa kidnapped, okay. if Santa kidnapped Megan, he would regret it. Yeah. No. I think. I don't think. Well, do, I don't think we would need to help Megan in that do, scenario. Do, do, I do, think she'd fare just fine. Do you realize that we're digging ourselves pretty deep hole here? Oh. Absolutely. Okay, I just um, I just want to make sure that we're all in agreement that that's a deep hole we're digging. All right, uh, sort of backpedaling here. Uh, do you watch deeper meaning breakdowns of shows you like from reviewer analysis YouTube channels, or do you just pick them, pick up on them? Uh, kind of a bit of both. Um, for some things, uh, I've definitely gotten. Um, inspiration from other uh, often smarter people who have come before me. Uh, people like, um, oh god, let me look up their YouTube channels. Um, but the uh, H Bomber guy does super good um, stuff, both as kind of a um, guy who makes videos responding to uh, dumb outright people. Um, and also breaking down both the really good things and really bad things about various um, video games and entertainment. Uh, he recently, for example, did an extremely good video about everything that is wrong with the BBC Sherlock series. And it's like, yep, that is everything I was thinking put way better than I ever could have. Um, Don't you like people like I that? Also, yeah, I also really like uh, Lindsay Ellis. Uh who is extremely knowledgeable about film study and cinematography. Uh, she does super good uh, videos both on specific films, on film techniques in general, on specific characters in films. Recently, she's been doing a series of videos on Michael Bay and the Transformers series which I highly recommend. They're extremely good, and they made me think about those Transformer movies in ways I would not have otherwise, um, which is not to say that, oh, I like them now. No, they're still bad. But uh, Lindsay looks at them through uh, interesting critical lenses that I never would have thought to do. Um, so, yeah, I... Uh, uh, then there's, of course, um, Errant Signal uh, for video games. Um, so yeah, I, I do follow quite a few YouTube people who I feel um, have a lot of really interesting uh, things to say about various entertainment. And some of my stuff I get from them, I've, I've certainly been influenced by them in terms of sort of how I approach media these days and kind of the, the lenses through which I examine them. Um, but like, for example, uh, the stuff I did with um, Little Witch Academia, that was all me. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. It's per, uh, like maybe, maybe someone else had uh, a similar reaction to that show that I did. I mean, it's certainly possible it's not like I'm some uh, amazing genius, uh, but really? as, like I, I I didn't get to that conclude. I got to that conclusion myself um, in in the particular instance of Little Witch. So it's a bit of both. 
sometimes I come to those things myself. Sometimes I'm inspired by people who have made stuff before me. Uh, yeah, as for me, uh, yeah, I watch uh, a fair amount of, uh, I watch a fair amount of uh, YouTube commentary myself. Uh, the channels I'm particularly into, uh, let's see, I like, like, Digibro, he's, he does a whole lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, and he actually came up recently uh, in a discussion I was looking at where people talked about plagiarism on YouTube and how um, I think it's uh, this YouTuber called Ouija um, blatantly ripped off Digibro's um, sort of viral uh, YouTube video about why Sword Art Online was garbage. Yeah, um, well, yeah, but okay, but so... So some of the other YouTubers I follow are uh, uh, the Pedantic Romantic and uh, Super Eyepatch Wolf. They have, uh, yeah, they have some really interesting uh, anime commentaries. Which yeah, I should I should definitely check out Digibro because I'm looking through uh, some of his videos and uh, quite a few of the titles here. Um, seem pretty seem like they're pretty interesting subjects. uh yeah like yeah actually for instance uh in the asterisk war sucks he has like this long 12-part series called the asterisk war sucks um <laughs> and yeah the last uh and the last section he 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 actually compares it to uh a chivalry of a failed knight oh huh going so like he goes through chivalry of a failed knight and points out all the ways in which Chivalry of Fail Knight is superior to the Asterisk War. Oh, hey, he has an entire video on the phrase, turn your brain off. Okay, I think I'm going to like this guy. <laughs> mm, turn your brain off. That's something we should do around here regularly. Silence. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Anyway, so, yeah. Um... <sighs> Where were we? Yeah, I guess I I, I can't remember. Um, let's let me go back here. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, why don't you guys have a YouTube channel and get monetized? Because honestly, like I can barely I barely get these episodes out in a reasonable time, and these are just like audio editing, which is some of the easiest editing you could possibly do. Um, <laughs> there's no way I have the dedication to make a YouTube channel that's actually profitable. Uh, you've got to put stuff out pretty regularly. You've got to actually upload in a reasonable amount of time. Uh, and you gotta and honestly, be, it's just... you got to be damn lucky. you got to have, like, stuff to actually put up that would make sense to have on video. Like, no one's, no one's going to listen to these podcasts on YouTube. Like, there's no way. Why would you? Um, and I'm, I'm, it, it, we're not supplying video either. Yeah, it's 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 just it's just not worth it. Um, I mean, I, I feel like the time when I uh, I just don't I don't have the work ethic to be a YouTuber. <laughs> well, no, you have the work ethic. There is just not thirty six hours in a day. But yeah, I mean, that, that's certainly something that I've always been like, oh man, it would kind of be cool to be a YouTuber and to put up Let's Plays and things like that. But like, that's a lot of work. It re Like, 
even if all you're doing is like streams and stuff like that's still a lot of work yeah uh, so yeah that that's why i haven't really bothered with youtube at all um i used to do a few let's plays but they were super casual um and i don't really do them anymore because again like you gotta set aside time uh and you kind of and like it, it also turns playing a game into something very different from just like playing it on your own because you kind of like you gotta be on you gotta be entertaining you can't just like sit there and play it like you normally would um especially as, like when i'm playing a game i really love to kind of like explore nooks and crannies and kind of just meander and swear at not, it a lot yeah which is like not how i would want to play a game if i was streaming it that would just like it would be half an hour of watching me like move my camera all around to make sure i was taking in every bit of scenery and that that there's no way that would make for anything remotely entertaining so yeah it's 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 not something i really do anymore Um, (coughs) yeah i think you got that question covered all right aaron specifically what is your favorite method of showing people stuff for your entertainment um I guess he means, Aaron, what is your favorite way of getting people to watch the stuff, to get into the stuff that you like? What is your method? Um, Large caliber revolver. Honestly, it kind of seems like you like posting GIFs. Oh, yeah. That is your your primary method of getting me interested in something, is posting a GIF. Yeah, a webm of stuff. Yeah. Of how ridiculous this show or thing is. Yeah. How ridiculous. Uh, so what's going on with Torment Luke Mondays? He needs to at least see Elfin Lead. Oh my god. For me to get off completely. Elfin Lead is would be a good choice for Luke. Um Uh I I have not yet kind of uh really solidified a schedule with him, but it is something I am I am absolutely gonna do uh hopefully within the next couple of weeks. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna start recording segments of Luke, with Luke to tack on to these episodes. Oh, uh, I, was gonna, I was gonna say, are we pushing our luck by doing this? What, what do you mean by pushing our luck? Well, you you hand him something that that insane. Uh, is he going to look at you and say, "Wait a minute"? I mean, I mean, I don't know. I feel like these days, Elfin Lead does not have the shock value that it once did. It is not as terrible. Yeah, it's true. Compared to a lot of things that have been happening like, in real life lately, it's kind of tame. Don't get me wrong. Elfin Lead, Elfin Lead is garbage. Oh yeah. But also, like. We've had a lot of time to have way more garbage shows than Elf and Lead exist. Uh, yeah, you're, you're dead. To where cool. like I kind of, to where like I kind of think about what Elf and Lead did, and I was like, oh yeah, I mean that's just kind of normal garbage at this point. Uh, the, <laughs> I've been desensitized. The thing, the thing about Elf and Lead is that they were trying to make a point, but. <laughs> They th- yeah, they th- I guess I guess to in their like very small defense, they at least tried. <laughs> yeah, they were trying Tried to make a trying. point, but uh, yeah, they just they went foof. <laughs> it just didn't so you're work. Trying to say what they did went foof. 
Okay, um, let's see here. Uh, I'm going to save a few of these gamer questions for later, uh, mostly because I just need to think about what's the most dramatic win you've had online a bit more. And we're coming up um, on two and a half hours. Yeah, also. So I'm just going to do a couple more of these, and then we'll call it a day. Uh, so PC Master Racer Console Man. Um, I used to be firmly PC, but these days I just don't care. Like, whatever is most convenient... I refuse to get into that uh, sort of dichotomy. Like, uh, yeah, I, I, well, I don't care. I'm PC, but I'm <laughs> seeing a couple of things that are coming out for consoles, and I'm, I'm debating on buying a console. Yeah, wh which one? Little Witch. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, that's right. They are coming out with a Little Witch game. Uh, I know, I, I feel like, I believe Aaron is pretty much the same way as me. Like, you're also, you also kind of, will have both a PC and a console, and you kind of just use whatever is convenient at the time. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I've got Gamefly, so if I'm not sure about a game, then I'll get it on console, but if I know I'm really going to love a game, then I'll definitely get it on PC. Yeah, yeah, we, we prefer to have things uh, on PC that we're pretty sure about, just because, like, that typically allows us to have the best experience possible, but also, like, it's not like we're going to go for the console plebs. <laughs> well, some, um, of the, some of the stuff is coming out console first, which, okay. Yeah. But, you know, there's, like, nine consoles. It's like, so what are we buying this month? <laughs> There, there are three consoles where there's uh, yeah, might there's, as well look it might as well be nine <laughs> there's there's the playstation 4 and then there's the switch and i guess if you want to waste your money there's the xbox one last time like I, I i don't have a console and the last time i did have a console it was an atari 2600 i have one of those in the basement i know exactly Dang. what you mean my kids wore it Dang. out <laughs> Uh, have you all played Dark Oh man, okay, so this one question is about Dark Souls. I'm definitely going to want more time to answer that, so we'll just skip over that for now. Uh, do you watch Game Theory or not? No, because I find that guy kind of insufferable. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, the truth will out. Okay, anyway, I know there's some more questions, but we'll save those for later. I'm sorry, it's just... We are at, like, over two hours. <laughs> I don't want to do other things. I want to play a video game. I have, I've had Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age, sitting wrapped on my desk for, like, two days now, and it's killing me. Ah. <laughs> uh... What about Delta Escape? Oh, yeah, okay, I guess, I guess I'll do some Delta Escape <laughs> with you. Um, but, yeah, anyway... So, uh, oh, I, hold on, I think there's a quick one we can do from CyberDude, yeah. if I'm remembering correctly, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, Men in Cyber, Lupin the Third Part 4 is probably some of the best Lupin to date save for Yamamoto's Fujiko series. Uh, do you guys want to give it a try? Yeah, that reminds me, we were talking about doing Lupin the Third Part 4, uh, as our retro review for this season, back when we thought we wouldn't have a whole lot to watch. Surprise! Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, we. What we may do is just I may give us all a, an assignment or whoever is interested. I'm not sure oh, Aaron will care. Actually, but I might just have give us an assignment where we watch Lupin the Third, and then at the end of the series, 
at the end of the season, we just talk about the part four as a whole. Uh, actually, you know what we ought to do at some point? Yeah. Catch up on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure part four. Right, yeah, that is something I was thinking about, partly because um, my friend, my very, very good friend Melissa, just binge-watched JoJo's and was like, I love JoJo's, I need more JoJo's. I'm like, yes, I've infected yet another person. Um... I will. I will not rest until my entire friend group has been has become obsessed with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Well, you so, can yeah, I, you, you can cut me out, but that's okay. <laughs> I do have yeah. I've got a lot of episodes of um, of Diamond is Unbreakable to catch up on, uh, which I will. I will definitely do. Um, I feel like Ben, you and I uh, will will cut. Uh, I'm not sure if you're already caught up, but I will sort of slowly catch up as this season goes on. Then we can talk about it uh, uh, yeah, during I've, our final recording of this season. I've currently watched 24 episodes of JoJo of yeah. uh, Diamond is Unbreakable. And I feel like uh, we, we can probably do the same thing for Loop on the Third Part 4. Um, we won't do daily uh, sorry, weekly reviews of it, but we will kind of watch watch it all and then talk about it as a whole. I'm actually I'm um, a, I'm actually currently watching. Uh, they're actually running uh, Lupin the Third on Toonami. Oh really? Yes. Huh. Right yeah, after. Right that's cool. Yeah, they're they're they, yeah it's it's running right after Hunter Hunter. Oh huh. Oh man, that's another series that I. Did kind of stalled on because i got super busy yeah there there's too many things yeah there's too about many it. things yeah on toonami hunter hunter is uh is is just finishing up they're finishing up the uh the the york new arc and so in a couple weeks they're gonna go to the greed island arc all right. Anyway, so yeah, uh, that's that's pretty much our answer to that. We'll we'll get around to that stuff. We'll we'll do it kind of in a different method. We'll just watch the whole thing and then talk about it near the end of uh, this season. Um, just because I think it'd be a nice change of pace to be able to talk about a series as a whole rather than just doing it weekly. Yeah, barring um, any insanity. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that'll be it for this episode. Thank God, <laughs> finally done. Um, <laughs> As always, you can send us questions or comments either on our blog at www.projectharhi.net uh, or also have enabled comments on www.audioentropy.com or you can put or you can bug me on Twitter at still to the GM and you can bug and, and you can bug Ben at at Death Slinky. Yeah, and, um, and you can bug you can bug me on the website. Sometimes yeah, I bug back. Can, and you can bug Aaron nowhere because he has made himself unavailable on all social platforms. Smart fellow. <laughs> Aaron does not want to socialize. Please do not attempt to. He will he will tell you to get off his lawn and then shoot you with a laser. I got a smartphone. Um, it's yeah, I'm so proud of you. Yeah, it only took you ten years. I'm so I'm so proud of you. It's so pretty. And then I made Siri speak British. Yeah, you're <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're the best um, oh, okay so that'll be it for this episode yeah, let's, of Bach, let's yes. stop Thank this you, before it goes any further then please release me from my prison uh, three two one Kiribosh. Kiribosh. I still have to say 
watching anime is better than watching terrestrial television unless you're watching anime on terrestrial television. But the rest of it can go. Pff, bye.